Kira, it's Friday 30th of August 2019 and welcome to the Week in Tax. I'm Terry Boucher, Taxpert, Director of Boucher Consulting Limited, a tax consultancy helping optimise tax for small businesses, individuals with overseas investments and other professionals. This week, the unknown unknowns in tax, wage theft and National releases its tax policy. In February 2002, in the run-up to the invasion of Iraq, then US Secretary of State Defense Donald Rumsfeld commented, Reports that say that something has happened are always interesting me, because, as we know, there are known unknowns. There are things we know we know. We also know there are, un- there are known unknowns. That is to say, we know there are some things we do not know. But there are also unknown unknowns. The ones we don't know, we don't know. And if one looks throughout the history of our country and other free countries, it is the latter category that tend to be the difficult ones. This quote was a core theme in my presentation last week to the Financial Advice New Zealand Annual Conference. The unknown unknowns are also a very difficult category in tax. And what are the unknown unknowns, the ones that trip up people because they didn't know they were there. Well, in New Zealand, the biggest culprit in this would be our financial arrangement rules. These rules have been around since uh, 1986, and yet, despite their very broad application, are largely unknown. I have come across CFOs Uh, who were completely unaware how they could apply. Financial arrangements rules uh, apply to just about any financial instrument you can think of. Mortgages, bank term deposit accounts, uh, swaps, forex. This is the area where they start to get bonds, gilts in the UK phrase. All those are all caught within it. It's so broad it could apply to season tickets, for public transport and in one case I dealt with we we thought that electricity contracts uh, would be caught by that and we actually we were debating whether in fact they were in the uh, stock rules or in the financial arrangement rules um, the arcane world of international tax but the financial arrangement rules are very broadly largely unknown to the uh, individuals and they have particularly they bite particularly in the foreign exchange field and that is where exchange move rate movements such as what's going on right now with brexit because it's back in the news again um, pound, pound will move around and two groups of people get caught here obviously investors who have bonds and or term deposits denominated in an overseas currency the value of the uh, New Zealand dollar rises, they make an exchange gain. And if the value falls, they have an exchange loss. And the mortgages, it's, if they have, for example, a property in the United Kingdom, a rental property in the United Kingdom, and they have a mortgage there, it works the opposite way. The pound may become weaker against the dollar, so that in dollar terms, their mortgage um, diminishes, that is income. Now, on an unrealized basis for most people, this largely doesn't matter. But very abrupt m- movements, which add up to $40,000, 
on an unrealized basis will pull people into the ex into the financial arrangements regime and they then will have to pay tax on unrealized gains and the classic example i encountered was a client who had substantial property interests in the uk and year one realized a three hundred thousand dollar foreign exchange gain unrealized foreign exchange gain on the movement on the sterling uh, and had to cough up $100,000 in tax. Following year, it moved back the other way, and she had a $300,000 loss. But she never got that tax back, even though when the arrangement, there is a wash-up calculation at the end of the period, when a, um, an arrangement matures or a mortgage rolls over, um, and so of all the unders and overs are taken into account. But if you paid tax too soon in the piece, i.e. you paid tax two years ago and then you find out that you actually never made any gain once everything is all closed out. You'll never get the tax back. It's one of the harsher parts of the uh, financial arrangements regime. And the other thing, there is a the re arrangements regime will apply to people who have total financial arrangements of $1 million or more. And that is a gross amount. What you don't, what sometimes I see is people may have a $500,000 of term deposits and $500,000 of mortgages, overseas mortgages, and they think, net the two off, I have no net assets within the regime. Economically, you'd say, yes, true, your, your economic asset comes out in nil. But the financial arrangements regime takes them in aggregate. So therefore, the two are added together. So the person actually has a million dollars in financial arrangements and is therefore within the on the into the accrual rate part of the regime i.e. that person will be taxed on a unrealized basis it is a very common trap uh, the financial arrangements regime and that is the most common trap New Zealand advisors and clients fall into in my experience following on from that the other one that I'm seeing a lot more of is UK inheritance tax and that is, um, inheritance tax is an estate and gift tax that applies to anyone on domiciled in the UK, or with the UK domicile, or with assets in the UK. And domicile, without getting into too much detail, domicile is a complicated concept, but basically where your permanent attachments are. And I spoke earlier about the uh, unfortunate New Zealand woman whose Scottish partner died, and because they weren't married, um, she finished up paying £50,000 on the transfer of the, his interest in the New Zealand property to her under inheritance tax. So that's not the first trap on that. And I'm seeing more and more people. We have 300,000 Britons in the country, people like myself, who've come from Britain. And many, of, may, many still have assets over in the UK or a family moving. Maybe their, young, their children are going backwards and forwards to the UK and working there. And they're all potentially all caught up in the inheritance tax regime. Uh, um, common thing that often gets overlooked is the implication of having assets in the UK or burial plots. Richard Burton famously, uh, after he died in 1984, a, uh, then uh, HM Inspector of Taxes uh, nailed his estate for inheritance tax on the basis that he had retained a burial plot in the village in Wales from which he came. Um, so that was a very expensive 
um, burial plot, as it turned out. He actually, I believe, was buried in Switzerland. <coughs> but that's how arcane the rules around um, inheritance tax are. It is the great unknown unknown. And as Donald Rumsfeld said, these unknown unknowns tend to be the difficult ones. Earlier this week, um, the Andrea Black, who runs the excellent blog um, Let's Talk About Tax, went drinking with some young people. And she was there actually to advise a group of hospitality workers who had been caught out in the, as a result of the uh, Wagga Mama going into receivership. Um, and the, the issue they were talking about is what's called wage theft in the hospitality industry. And pretty much basically that is where the company, an employer, it goes bust owing employees thousands of PAA with unpaid, also a lot of unpaid pay as you earn floating around. And there, there are several issues here. First and foremost, the employees have been left out of pocket. And so they want to know what's going on and when they can recover that. Then the taxman is very much often out of pocket. It'll turn, it often emerges that Pejuin has been unpaid for several months. And an issue, I've seen this, and Andrea talks about it as well, you do wonder how quickly Inland Revenue reacts to this. Now, I do hope that one of the things that will come out of the uh, Inland Revenue's business transformation is that much swifter responses to issues where Pejuin falls into arrears. My my experience is that Inland Revenue has let this go on for far too long. I've come across instances where there had been unpaid payers going on for four years, which is just an absurd position. Someone there, at that level, then someone there is either deliberately playing the system, in which case they should be hit with the full force of the law, or um, is so hopelessly incompetent they should have been put out of their misery long ago. Now the other thing that also for the comes to play for the employees is that often as part of the unpaid, contribu uh, unpaid contributions and, and salaries, on top of that is employers' Kiwi Saver, and this is quite uh, adds up. Um, back in 2016, uh, Radio New Zealand. I spoke to Radio New Zealand about this, and at that time, um, there was nearly 29 over 29 million dollars in outstanding payments for KiwiSaver. Um, story was in June 2015, 1663 employers had failed to pass on $15.3 million in KiwiSaver payments it deducted from employees' salaries. So the, the employees are missing out on this and on employer, employer contributions. So it's a real issue within the industry. Um, Andrea asks about the, whether the Small Business Council looked at that. We've delivered our report to the Minister. I can't say that some of this sort of matter was came in, did come into discussion in during our deliberations. Finally, uh, and one other thing on this, the there is a tax bill just going through Parliament at the moment, uh, the Taxation, KiwiSaver, Student Loans and Remedial Matters Bill, and it covers. Um, it's hoping to preserve um, deal with a number of matters. One is the question that we talked about beforehand about uh, people with the incorrect uh, prescribed investor rate. There's also in here um, issues relating to um, hope easily calculating um, 
bringing making it easy for inland revenue to collect uh, employer contributions in relation to um, um, IR passing on the employer contribution to IRD. More 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 powers for inland revenue to deal with this issue we just talked about, um, and so it, it hopefully then that um, employees will get better. The, the investment returns they're missing out on at the moment because they haven't been paid the or the deductions and employer contributions haven't yet hit their Kiwi server account. Submissions, by the way, on that bill close on Monday, so you've still got a chance to make a submission in support of that or raising the other issues. And finally, um, National have released their um, tax policy and um, for next year, a number of things they are promising tax cuts um, there but particularly also they're doing something which I think is long overdue and that is indexing um, thresholds um, which uh, tax thresholds they're indexing that um, I think this is a, one of those quiet sneaky tax increases that causes bracket creep and pu pushes people up into higher tax brackets gradually um, and it's something which it, that it's all a tax increase by stealth. Um, it's something that I think, in the interests of transparency, it's it's a good move. There's a, a number of interesting other matters they want to deal with. I'm not entirely sure um, if you are um, a uh, non-homeowner or non-rental investor and you're trying to get into the uh, investment property or into rent property, you'd appreciate what they're doing here. And that is, they want to dial back the uh, Brightline test for uh, residential property from five years to two years and remove uh, loss ring fencing which is a big break for tax investors and that brought a fairly forthright uh, denunciation from Janae Troupchonet in interest.co.nz um, she also was less than impressed by the idea of uh, removing the inflation component of interest it's an arcane point that's been talked about for some time um, but it is actually, it sounds arcane, but it is actually quite important. Anyway, that will be the first shots fired in next year's elections as to the tax policy, and it will be, all eyes will be coming to what the coalition will do in next year's budget. Um, given the tax um, thresholds haven't been raised for more than 10 years by that now, um, it's hard to imagine that they wouldn't try and do something, particularly when they're running a, a surplus. I mean, cynical tax-cutting budgets are not just the preserve of right-wing governments. Um, but we shall wait and see. Anyway, that's it for the, this week in tax. I'm Terry Boucher, and you can find this podcast on my website, www.boucher.tax, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please send me your feedback and tell your friends and clients. Until next time, have a great week. Kakitiano.